Welcome to the Idaho Catholic Podcast, coming to you from the beautiful and faith-filled Western Idaho. In this podcast, we attempt to share a perspective relevant to modern life and grounded in the faith. My name is Deacon Pat, and the co-hosts are Mike Roberts and Daryl Falkenberg. We also have a special guest tonight, Father Mark Ullincott. Let's hear it for the co-hosts and our special guest. You guys didn't know we had such a crowd in the living room, did you? Wow, these guys are awesome. (laughs) Hey, Daryl, so what's our topic for tonight? Um, Deacon Pat, I was thinking that we could talk about um, this Robert Barron article that I ran across, and it's called uh, The Least Religious Generation in U.S. History, a Reflection on the iGens. And uh, Bishop Barron... Essentially, his his thesis in the in the article is that iGens are the least religious generation in American history, and that they seem to be leaving the church um, in in mass. That they're, they're what's the age group for iGens? Um, so does I, it say that? I think that it's everybody from uh, 1995 to 2012. Okay. Um, so I I don't know how seriously we can take polling people born in 2012, but it's it's the very young generation, those who haven't grown up without iPhones and uh, social media. So uh, the iGens, Bishop Barron says, are um, leaving the church. And so I quote from the article, in line with many other researchers, uh, Twain shows that the objective statistics in this area are alarming. As recently as the 1980s, 90% of high school seniors identified with a religious group. Among the iGeners, the figures are now around 65% and falling. And religious practice is even more um, attenuated. Only 28% of 12th graders attended services in 2015, whereas the number was 40% in 1976. And so he goes on. Whereas... Even 20 years ago, the overwhelming number of Americans, including youngsters, believed in God. Now fully one-third of 18 to 24-year-olds say that they do not believe. As late as 2004, 84% of young adults said that they regularly prayed. By 2016, fully one-fourth of the same age cohort said that they never prayed. And then he, he goes on to say that we find a similar decline in regard to acceptance of the Bible, um, to pray, to praying, and to uh, engaging in uh, organized religion. So he says at the very end that the waning of private religious beliefs means that young, young generations' disassociation from religion is not just about their distrust of institutions, more disconnecting from religion entirely, even at home and even in their hearts. So he then goes on to provide um, some reasons that research that this researcher has given for the decline of uh, religion among youth, and the first one is this. I quote Baron: "Igen's preoccupation with individual choice. From their earliest years, Igeners have been presented with a dizzying array of choices in everything from food and clothes to gadgets and lifestyles." And they have been encouraged by practically every song, video, and movie to believe in themselves and follow their own dreams. 
All of this self-preoccupation and stress upon individual liberty stands athwart the religious ideals of surrendering to God and his purpose. Do you guys have any thoughts on that, on that first reason? Well, at first I would say those statistics are... The first thing I would say is those... Excuse me, I'm eating my pizza. <laughs> is the, um, those statistics are very bleak. Um, that's kind of frightening to see that, but... Um, I think the first thing to do is, as they say to like addicts, is to admit you have a problem, <laughs> mm-hmm. no matter how bleak it may seem. Mm-hmm. I, I know working in the mental health field, <clears throat> this has been a problem for a long time, that I think um, so many people have been conditioned that, um, that they are to make decisions for themselves, whatever makes them happy in this world. That's what they should pursue. And the idea of rules is really something that they want to stray away from. They don't want anybody else telling them what to do, um, especially with the youth of today. And I know that speaking with some of the youth, they see that religion or certain faiths are really this set of rules. And, and I'm being told I need to live by these rules. At the same time, though, they're getting conflicting information um, the church might teach a certain set of guidelines or rules, and then the culture is, is really bombarding them with the exact opposite. We might talk about, you know, sex out of marriage or homosexuality. And, you know, the Catholic faith has strong um, teachings on that. But what is the culture teaching these kids? And um, the culture really has a, a hold and a strong power on a lot of our kids. So I think they're getting these mixed messages as well. Yeah, I think it's it's depressing, you know, as a as someone who does have faith, someone who does believe, you know, and I personally I gain so much so much joy and satisfaction in life about being a Catholic and I look at being Catholic as not just a way to get to heaven, right? But I view it as it's the, I think this is the best way to be a human being. If there was a better way to be a human being, I'd probably go do that. But this is the best way to be a human being, in my opinion. And the church has answered, you know, when I, when I, you know, I, I think you guys know I'm a convert. I studied my way into the faith. And it's like everywhere I turned, the church had answers. Everywhere, everywhere I looked, the church had a reasonable, well-thought-out solution. So I, I find it just perplexing how people are you know leaving religion when i was am drawn into it just the opposite but you know I, I think that it's something i think father you just said you know there's always hope and um it, while while something like this may cause those of us here in this room and our listeners to maybe give in to despair i would say fear not you know channel the hope and joy of john paul ii as he proclaimed throughout his pontificate, you know, fear not. So really what I hear you saying then is um, in response to these young people who are saying that they want choice, religion doesn't give them the choice that they want, that being uh, religious, being Catholic actually helps you to live like a human being, that it's not just like telling you what to do, giving you all these rules, but it's it's giving you with a, a means to to live like a human being and to um, to be fully alive. 
with with God in you, right? And to be and to be free, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, I think your typical average person would say um, that if if you have choices, then you're free. If you don't have choices, or if you have rules, right? Then then you then you're not free. I think I think the knee jerk reaction of people would be that that that's really what that's the issue here. And so choice is great because it means you're free, and that's a good thing. But I think what, yeah, maybe, gosh, maybe one one thing we don't realize is that rules, um, proper rules, good rules, really help us to be free. And and the the youth that think they're being free by by living the way you know whatever they want, however they want to live, um, they they are rather, as we would say, definitely, you know, they are rather enslaved. As Saint Paul would say, it's quite it's quite the opposite. Freedom is really a license so many times um, to to sin. So I don't I don't think I think we're really misunderstanding what the the rules you could say of religion really are, or many of our young people are. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think it's really rules. I, I think, um, and I don't know if I have the right terminology in my head, but they're really these guidelines that lead us to freedom in our life. It's Amen. almost like if we follow these set of sets of guidelines, we break the, sh- the shackles of the things that really enslave us in our in our life. But I think that's a problem for today because most of the young people I know and, and a lot of the adults too are really enslaved. And and maybe maybe this is uh, tapping into what our we're going to talk about next week is when we talk about gluttony. Mm. And um, but but so many of, of, of individuals that I know. Um, they're just enslaved by these vices in their life. Not me, though. I'm not yeah. enslaved by, by anything. <laughs> as, yes. as he has a big empty bottle of red label in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Oh, that was funny. <laughs> Another thing I would say in regard to this... Um, I'm just kind of speculating what our youth see, just the youth, our typical youth that is um, not really associated with any any strong connection to religion, is that what they look out there and they see a, a religion that's confused, or they, they see a world that can't even figure out its own religion. And I'll just speak for the United States, for example, but we all know there's there are thousands of churches, thousands of religions, and and gosh, if I was outside looking, just looking into that world, I would say, you know, they're, they're, these Christian people are just as confused. I mean, they, they are trying to provide the answer, but they can't even get it right. There, there is absolutely no unity. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm not saying that there's not some, but I, I think the average young person would say, um, why choose any? It's just, there are, there's, so many religions they can't figure it out why should i listen to what they have to say to us when they can't even figure out (laughs) what what they're supposed to be doing but father do do you think somehow that that is based in these young people not having parents that are good role models or good guides that haven't really modeled the faith well um before before we had the podcast we were sitting out back on the patio and we're having a some pizza and and um, Mike and I were talking about um, just 
how most of these men in the world are really failing with really teaching the faith. He was talking about how these families will go to church and on the way they're going to church, they're fighting all <clears throat> along the way before they get into church. And what does that do to these kids? What is, what is, what, what's, what's the lesson learned? I, I don't know. These are just thoughts I'm sharing with you guys. I think it dim- diminishes the effectness, effectiveness of your witness if, if you're not setting a good example for your, your kid. And, and one of the things we were talking about too is um, I was listening to the, the podcast show there there are some uh, a couple that are they're psychologists and they have a radio show on salt and light radio and they were talking about this you know we all know that if if the father of the home is is uh teaching the faith to their kids if the father is the one transmitting the faith to the, the children you up the odds a lot over where whether or not it's a another like a stranger or family member teaching the kids even even more so greatly more so than the mom um, but what this what dr. Popkak was saying is that there's some new evidence coming out that even more effective is if the sense of warmth in the family comes from the faith that they're finding that is what is actually making the faith stick in the family so in that situation where you're you're bickering and fighting and mm-hmm. And you know, yelling at your kids on on the way to church, you know, is that creating a sense of warmth in the family? Well, no, that, that not not at all. Or if if while you're doing your family rosary, if you're whapping your kids over the head with your rosary, saying you know, pray, you know, is that going to create a sense of warmth? You know, no, it's not. And so we have to, as parents, you know, and I've expressed like I have six kids, one on the way. You know, my I, I constantly find myself falling short of that, and trying to pick up the pieces again, and making faith the sense of warmth in the family. When when I hear you talk about making it the sense of warmth, I, I have a couple of different thoughts that run through my head. But I was just wondering, it does does is a part of that just really living the faith that. Um, you embrace it in times of good, in times of bad, and you do it not in a private way, but you share it with your kids. They're involved with it. Do you get at, in the evenings? Do you gather? Do you pray together? Do you share parts of your life together and show how it's connected with God? I, I think there's so many families that um, the only time that they really speak about God is on when they're at church. And when they're not at church, it's not part of their life. They're they're at football practice. They're at soccer practice. Mom and dad are so busy. They're doing not only their own work and then their chores, but then they have their own hobbies. And how much are these families really having good quality family time with God at the core of that? I, I just wonder. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, for the second reason, should we go? Oh on? yeah, we should probably move on. <laughs> so the first one she was just so, that the kid, the our youth just have. They are taught from their their mother's womb, right? That that they they need to decide their happiness. Is that mm-hmm. is that really a good summary of, of that first argument? Yeah. First so reason. They're presented with a dizzying array of choices in everything, and so uh, they they think that religious ideals kind of thwart that uh, freedom of choice mm-hmm. they have. Okay. Now the second reason, and I'm quoting the article again. 
A second major reason for iGen's dissatisfaction with religion is one that has surfaced in a lot of surveys and polls, namely that religious belief is incompatible with the scientific view of the world. One young man that Twinge interviewed is typical. He's, he's quoted as saying, Religion, at least to people my age, seem like it's something of the past. It seems like something that isn't modern. And another said, I knew from church that I couldn't believe in both God and science. So that was it. I didn't believe in God anymore. So they learned from church. Is that what I think I just heard you say? So what is being taught in church? <laughs> you know, I kind of think that's maybe talking more about some of the and I don't know if we have any Protestant listeners out there. This is not meant to, you know, be mean or anything. But I was raised a Protestant. Thirty years I was a Protestant, and in my experience, I think when what I saw in the culture is, is there is um, a view that the Bible would trump science. It you know, and well, someone's interpretation of what the Bible is saying mm-hmm. trumps science. For instance. The, the opening of the Bible, the, the six literal days of creation in the book of Genesis, you know, if you don't take that literally, then, you know, you're you're not interpreting it correctly. Was That's how I was raised. And so, therefore, you know, evolution is is impossible because, the, no, the God created the world in six literal 24-hour days. And so that, that, that would kind of be my interpretation of what that's talking about there is... is, is folks who say things like that and i I think that's probably what this these young people who were are being quoted here they were probably raised in christian traditions that would kind of have that view i would i would guess just from hearing their uh these quotations but even in um in catholic circles i i i would bet a lot of young people um would think that the only way of legitimately knowing something is through the scientific method and that everything else is just kind of sentiment or opinion or just something that you feel. So, uh, yeah, I, I know for me at least one of my big hurdles in coming into the church and what ultimately led me away from being uh, atheist agnostic was, uh, realizing that, that, um, that you can know things outside of uh, science and the scientific method that don't conflict with science, but they're not necessarily scientific, like religion. Yeah. But but how many of these kids that are out there though are going to these public schools, or is right. this even happening in our in our Catholic schools, where they're not showing the crossover or kind of the synergy between? Uh, faith and religion and science mm-hmm. no they're separating those all together and, and they're actually teaching those i believe as two separate ideals you either believe in faith or you believe right. in science and that faith is a bunch of nonsense so you should believe in science so I, I wonder so if we had a young person listening to this so to the choice we told them that um no these these rules don't bog you down they make you free what do we say to this second reason that young people are leaving the faith is that uh, religion and science are incompatible? Simply, they're they're not. Uh, it's a real false dichotomy. That well, it's a it's a it's a contradiction that we that our modern world has created. Um, but like what Deacon Pat said, yeah, no, they're not. And and the relationship between the faith and science really comes down to the unity of of truth. Like there is one truth. 
whether it be that this beer in front of me is empty or that um, there's that there is a God there is there's one truth um, you know you know you, one thing can't be true in this in this sphere and then and then not true over here and so whether that that's a scientific truth that uh, or a mathematical truth or a truth in regard to the existence of things um, or, or or yeah very much scientific things it's it's all it's all together it's there there's a total unity um, between between because because there's a unity of reality truth whether it be or maybe reality whether it's reflected in scientific principles or the reality that's reflected in um, more metaphysical principles about just the nature of things or being or the meaning of things it's all it's all the same and so to say they contradict each other is is simply a a myth or a false uh, contradiction. I, I don't yeah. know how much in school, though, that children are being taught about uh, philosophy or theology, things that where there's truths but you can't see it. I think so much of what they're being taught is the the sciences that we can replicate this and we can prove this. And then when when things when subjects come up about the reality of God. Or the Holy Spirit, um, I think it's foreign to a lot of them, and they don't understand it. And and when someone doesn't understand it, um, I think they reject it a lot of times as well. Hmm. Yeah. So how do we combat this one, this objection? How do we? How do I, we? I think really what Father said that um, that uh, truth uh, uh, that the truth can't contradict truth is that. Yeah, really yeah. Something, yeah, that's really what you're trying to but, say. But who is going to who's going to teach the kids this? I, I think parents that's are a, the primary educators of our children. They they are. Yeah, but do do most parents know that? And are they embracing well, yeah, that's the that? Thing. I mean, my generation was not catechized very well, so now all of our kids are in catechesis, going through formation programs, but. You know, it, as the church states, the parents are the primary educators of the children, and so it's almost like we need to go back and, and educate my generation so that we can educate our kids because we're the primary educators. Because they're not going to get this education in the schools, in the public no. schools. I mean, I, I'm a child of the '80s, mm-hmm. and I can I can remember in 1980 being in first grade, and the teacher we were going through our science book, and the teacher was talking about. The Big Bang Theory, and and I was like, they didn't say that that was actually uh, that that concept was created by a Catholic priest. They talked about it as the the scientific way of hmm. knowing how the earth, the world was created, and so I, I, it's up it's up to the parents to arm themselves to educate themselves. I think, you know, we should be teaching our kids. Uh, at least, you know, one of the biggest objections, you know, right now, this increase of atheism, and we have, you know, do, do we, are we able to, as parents, for all the parents out there, are you able to talk to your kids about the, the uh, proofs for God? Like the Is five the, proofs of... Sure, Thomas Aquinas' or... five proofs for God, mm-hmm. or, you know, if, if not, you, you need to go out and figure those out and share them to your kids before mm-hmm. they go to college. Because at least that they can know that those ideas and arguments are out there, 
so that when they go to college and they're combated by a, a very eloquent, persuasive mm. professor, they at least know that, hey, my mom and dad taught me this response to that. Is, I mean, they may not remember it, but at least they know it's out there and they can go seeking for it. I think something interesting you said is um, just so they can know those arguments are out there. Um, I, I don't think a lot of young people know that no, these arguments are out there. It wouldn't even occur to them, which I think brings a, is a good transition to our third reason why young people are leaving. And I, I really think that young people don't know there's an argument to this one. Um, and that is uh, gay marriage and homosexuality. So Barron in the article uh, quotes, he says, and a third also attested in lots of studies is the anti-gay attitude supposedly endemic in biblical Christianity. Um, one of the interviewees put with admirable uh, succinctness, quote, I'm questioning the existence of God. I stopped going to church because I'm gay and was part of a gay bashing religion. One survey stated the statistical truth bluntly enough, 64% of 18 to 24 year olds believe that Christianity is anti-gay. And for good measure, 58% of those iGeners thought that Christian religion is hypocritical. Hypocritical because that? of? I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. But just that uh, Christians are anti-gay and that they are uh, hypocritical, probably um, probably saying, I, I would imagine that these young people in saying that the church is hypocritical is that... Uh, that God is love, oh, Christianity right. is love, yet you know, you're going to oh, okay. have mm -hmm. the, this gay bashing attitude. Right. Because I think, I think they've been brought up to feel that um, if they have a desire in life, that they should be able to pursue that desire and that there's nothing wrong with that desire because everything is good in this world. And no matter, even if it's bad, they don't, they've not been taught that. That anything, there should be tolerance across the board mm -hmm. for everything in life. It doesn't mm -hmm. seem like, um, I wonder if, it, you know, this seems to be <clears throat> an, an issue that is really drawn out from all the other issues, at least um, it seems just in this, in these three points. But that, that third point about, about the gay lifestyle and what the church teaches on that, it seems like it, it it's drawn out and isolated from all other issues, but... Gosh, I, I, you know, the the Catholic faith or the moral life that the Catholic Church teaches and that many other Christian religions teach, in fact, is is not necessarily bashing this or that. It's really just teaching uh, the correct way to live and the incorrect way to live. And of course, with the with the understanding that the correct way to live leads to happiness. And the incorrect way to live leads to moral or um, really human unhappiness. And and to I, I I just see this as one of many other issues that where the church says this is the wrong way to live, or it's, it's or it's not, and it's not necessarily um, ice or um, drawing out or isolating a particular group. It's just um, the church the church gives us many lifestyles that are good and it gives us many lifestyles or ways of acting that are that are bad and and a gay lifestyle just happens to be one that is bad just like very much i would say the church has always stood by the the badness <laughs> the evil um of a life 
um, of like pornography that you're not really hurting anybody and a lot of people gosh a lot of people I think these days would say it's fine it's it's actually healthy it's good but um, but I think you're, even just on that issue, the, the, the science or the, yeah, the, the data is coming back saying that pornography is really, really harmful. Even though we've convinced ourselves as a culture that it's healthy or that it's, it's okay, it's natural. Um, a lot of science is out there showing it's very unhelpful, very harmful. And, and the gay lifestyle as well is very similar. I think we've convinced ourselves that it's okay. I think we will see its ramifications um, in in the in the future about how it is very harmful, and the church is in teaching that this is not the way to live. Um, it has has known that from the beginning. Well, with the music coming on, you can tell that we're coming to a close. Thirty minutes sure went by fast today, you guys. Well, I'd like to thank you for listening to the Idaho Catholic Podcast, a weekly reflection and discussion on living the faith in the modern world. We hope you have a wonderful and God-centered week full of peace, happiness, and joy. May God forever keep you. Until next week, God bless.